I want to talk this morning, um, just for a few minutes, really, uh, about um, being free. Jana said an interesting thing uh, when he was just talking about um, Alpha. He said that he found out that he could be free to be me. That's what he said. Free to be me. And uh, I want to just kind of pick that up. We've been looking at these passages in Galatians 5 and 6 and um, uh, over the last few weeks. And we talked, first of all, just about... Um, uh, living in the freedom that Christ has given us, about how we uh, have a responsibility, how we have a task to do that God has set us free, but actually we need to stay free. And staying free can be a challenge. You know, there are lots of things that would seek to, to rob us of that. And uh, last week we talked about then using the freedom that we have, that God has actually made us free so that we can do some stuff with it, so that we can serve others, so that we can change the way we are, and so that we can uh, become followers of Christ, so that we can follow closely to Him. That's a choice we have. That's what freedom brings us. We can follow at a distance or we can follow close up. And today I just want to try and unpack this passage of uh, first 10 verses of chapter 6. I'm going to read them to you. Um, And really for me, this is what this passage is what started me off in this whole process about free to be myself. How you know God wants you free to be yourself? You know, there's a terrible thing in the world today about, you know, just comparing and comparison and competing and feeling that you have to be more than you are or present yourself as more than you are. You know, um, so, you know, it's one of those things we have to present ourselves as having, you know, shiny, happy, sunny days when actually it's pretty bleak sometimes. Anybody know the feeling? And uh, I just want to talk a little bit into that because um, there's a pressure on us to, to pretend to be, um, uh, to be, you know, I was at a pastor's meeting once, you know, it was, it, was a, it was pastors of larger churches in Elam, and we were all sitting around, and I was listening to it, and, uh, and the leader said, okay, come around and tell us how your church is doing. Well, that's like a kiss of death to a pastor, um, you know, because, and everybody's going, oh, yeah, my church is thriving, it's flying, we're seeing loads of people saved, you know. And they go around to me, and they said, so how's your church going? And I said, well, I haven't shut it yet. Is that okay? Do you know what I mean? And everybody's kind of like, oh, dear, 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 dear. Your pressure's on. You see, I tend to overreact when there's pressure, and I go right the opposite end of the scale, um, which is a bit to do with not being free, actually, because it's my way of compensating for not feeling successful enough. I'll go instantly to the other way and, and say, oh, yeah, I'm not doing that good. It's kind of a defense mechanism. We've all got them, haven't we? Just me? No. <laughs> Sally hasn't got them. She's telling me that. I just want to read the scriptures to you because I just want to try and unpack it because it really struck me when I read this, uh, and we're going to read it in a few minutes. I might preach a sermon before I even read the Bible this morning. Um, it really struck me that actually, in my experience as a pastor, many people are not free to be themselves. They struggle to be themselves. They feel they have to be what other people want them to be. They put pressure on themselves to perform and to say the right things. And, and it's a terrible thing, I think. It, it, it robs people of life. Isn't it awful when you just can't be yourself? Warts and all. Some of us have warts, don't we? Some of us hide them. I'm going to read the Bible. Galatians chapter 6. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves. Or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. 
Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. That's us. <laughs> An amazing passage. And I just want to try and pick out a few little things about free to be me, free to be ourselves, little keys, if you like, that help us stay free so that we can follow Jesus. Because I think that's the heart of it. I want to just give you four things this morning that I think are here and in this passage. And, and there are, some of them are about how we treat others, because how you treat others also affects your freedom. And, and, and we need to realize that because sometimes uh, you can treat others so badly that you affect your own freedom. Hello. That's a great point, Dave. Glad you made it. Sometimes your attitudes and your actions towards other people can be so destructive that they not only hurt other people, but they place you in bondage because of the way that you've behaved someone. I just want to pick four things this morning that really come out of them, and uh, I want to talk about them just, and just try and put them before you as, as things that we have to do if we're going to enjoy being ourselves. First one is this. Um, be merciful to those who make mistakes. Be merciful to those who make mistakes. See, I've learned that one of the things that can really affect people is other people making mistakes. Because we get disappointed with them, and we start to live in judgment. See, judgment, friends, is a very destructive thing. Because what it brings into our life is it brings an attitude that judges other people for being who they are, but at the same time, we judge ourselves. You see, when you live with a judgment attitude, the truth is nobody's good enough. Have you ever noticed When you judge other people's behavior and attitudes and their character and the things that goes on, what happens is you become destructive in yourself. And and, and so everything becomes about whether they meet your criteria of judgment. But the truth is that's such a subjective thing. Because when they do something that you think they shouldn't do, if you criticize them or if you become too harsh, what happens is your judgmental spirit starts to sour you as a person. And we know what I'm talking about today. See, and and the truth is, friends, if you're going to enjoy freedom, if you're going to be free to be you, here it is, friends, you have to let other people be free to be them. It has to happen. It's got something that has to go. So you've got to treat people, be merciful to them. It says there in Galatians 6, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. And then it says this, but watch yourselves, because you also can be tempted. It says, don't ever think when you see someone make a mistake and you sit in judgment on them, don't ever think that you couldn't do that. Because the truth is you could. We, we could find ourselves so quickly slipping from our moral high ground, from our place of, you know, uh, superiority. Anybody experience that? And Paul says, no, if you're going to live be, to be free to be you, you have to treat people who make mistakes, and people do make mistakes, you've got to learn to treat them mercifully. You've got to be kind to people. You've got to be gracious to people. You've got to be someone who, who looks at someone who's wrapped up in the failure that they've made and actually seeks to restore them, not seeks to just tell them where they failed you. 
Seeing the hurt and pain of our, uh, of our own kind of sense of, well, people have failed us. We lash out and we hurt and we treat others. But the truth is, what that does is it puts us in a prison. And so Paul gets right to the heart of it. He says, listen, if you're going to be free to be yourself, then you have to recognize you have to be free to love others. You see, it's very hard to love others if you haven't got a free heart. It's very hard, isn't it? Because sometimes you get envious of other people's freedom if you haven't got love in your heart. Sometimes people seem to have so much um, joy in their life and you don't feel joy. And because the love in your heart is shriveled up, all of a sudden you get cross because they're able to be happy about stuff you can't even rejoice about. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? You're all looking at me as if to say, man alive, you've got a screwed up life, ailing." But if I have, I only want to say it's what 25 years of pastoring's done. Because <laughs> it's what I've seen. It's what I've dealt with. It's what I've heard. It's how I've interacted with people. That actually, if people don't treat people mercifully when they make a mistake, uh, then actually when they, they themselves make a stake, mistake, they're finished. Because they have nowhere to go. Their standard is so high to others that when they fail it, they're devastated. They can't even ask for mercy because they've judged those who've asked for mercy. Why is that? It's simply because they haven't learned to be merciful. And if you want to be uh, free, then friends, you've got to learn to exercise the gift of mercy. The Bible says, love Jesus speaking, love your enemies, do good to them that lend to you expect, without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you'll be children of the Most High God because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your heavenly Father is merciful. He says, listen, if you're going to live free, then you've got to learn to develop a gift of mercy towards people. Mercy is one of those things that you have to really determine to show, because people will let you down. Anybody know the feeling? People will disappoint you. People will hurt you. You'll even watch other people as they wreck their own lives and make mistakes. And if you're not careful, this judgmental thing can come up. But it says, listen, you who, see, I love this. It says, you who are um, spiritual, you who live by the Spirit, should restore people gently. You know, the real measure of how spiritual we are is how we react when someone lets us down. Woo! That's the definition right there, isn't it? It's not how many tongues you can speak in. It's not how many prophecies you give. It's not how many miracles you perform. It's not how many visions and and things you see. Friends, it's how how much you can learn to be merciful to those that hurt you. By that definition, we've all got a way to go, haven't we? But the reason to do it, friends, is because it's what brings to ourselves, it brings into our lives the freedom that God intended us to have. Again, Luke says, do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. He says it so clearly, the Lord. He says, listen, if you're going to live in freedom, you really have to learn to act in freedom towards others. You know, some of us here today, just one word can set somebody free. Because they failed you and you've broken a relationship with them. And it'll only take one word to say, hey, how are you doing? I'm really sorry. Listen, it's okay. And that person can be free from the guilt that they're carrying. Why wouldn't we do that? Why would we ask God to release us from guilt and then still put other people in guilt? And so we've got to learn to develop that heart into our lives. 
Remember the parable of the unmerciful servant who could beg for mercy for himself but couldn't extend mercy to, to somebody else who, who, who owed him. Friends, could it be possible that some of us are not enjoying the freedom of the Lord today because we have that same spirit? We just won't be merciful to people who let us down, for people who make mistakes. I don't know if you've ever made a mistake. Looking at you, I have my suspicions. I don't know if you've ever said you'll do something and then not do it, and it's devastated somebody. I don't know if you've ever said that you won't do something and then you've done it, and you've broken your word, and you've had to go before someone and say, hey, hey, I know I've messed that up. Can you forgive me? And they just look at you and go, no. I suspect some of us have been there, and it's a devastating place to be because there's nothing else you can do. Bible says, as far as it depends upon you, live at peace with someone. You can't make peace with someone if they don't want to be made peace with. But when somebody comes and says, listen, I've made a mistake, please forgive me. You know, the Bible says, listen, restore them gently. Restore them graciously, saying, hey, you know, you did hurt me, but you know what? It's behind us. God loves us. I love you. Let's put it behind us and move forward. I've received grace. Let the grace of God go forward. Paul says, if we can learn to do that, then actually we start to live in freedom. And I want to say that some of us are not living in freedom today because we haven't learned the, the art of being merciful to those who've made mistakes. Simple, isn't it? But I think this is one of the big challenges of our lives as followers of Jesus. People leave churches over stuff like this. People fall away from faith over stuff like this. Now, I'm not saying you have to leave yourself in a position where you're hurt and and abused. No, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying, friends, is that if someone makes a mistake, be merciful to them. Don't think the worst about people. Think about how you would feel in that situation and move forward. Be merciful to those who make mistakes. Secondly, if we're going to be free and enjoy our freedom, we have to be honest with ourselves. I love this little verse. We have to be honest with ourselves. It says there in Galatians 6 verse 3, if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. What what an amazing verse. You know, the, the Bible says that we have to learn the art of honestly evaluating ourselves, of being honest with ourselves. See, sometimes we want to allow other people and our judgment of other people, and it affects us because we want to put them down. And so sometimes what we do is pretend to be better than we are so that we can make others feel worse about themselves. Anybody know the feeling? It's like we feel that we have to be. So we pretend to be, oh yeah, so we pretend to be more spiritual than we are. Oh, praise the Lord, when inside you're thinking, die. Just me, huh? Come on, church. See, sometimes we just have to be honest enough with ourselves. We don't have to tell everybody else, by the way. But sometimes we have to be honest enough to say, you know what? I would do that if I could get away with it. I know that I haven't got the discipline. If, I, if, I really, if I'm honest with myself, I haven't got the discipline to make that happen. See, sometimes, friends, isn't it honest? Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you overcommitted yourself and you said yes when you really shouldn't have done? Why? Because you weren't honest with yourself. You decided if you just say yes. See, sometimes it's very flattering to be in demand. People say, oh, great, can you do this for me? I find myself standing on platforms talking to people, thinking to myself, I should never have taken this gig. 
I have. I'm thinking a bit like that this morning, to be honest. <laughs> I found myself there because I really, I, I was flattered to be asked, but really I didn't have the capacity or the energy or the spirituality to live up to the moment. So I'm, 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 getting, I'm getting away with it by the skin of my teeth, but I know it, and truthfully, they know it, and we all feel slightly uncomfortable. Why? Because I wasn't honest with myself. See, when you're not honest with yourself, you give away your freedom to other people's expectations. Happens, friends. Happens in business. You're not honest with yourself. You make a deal that you can't keep. And sooner or later, you find yourself in real trouble three months down the road when your deadline's coming and everybody's shouting at you and you're thinking, how did I get into this? You got into it because you weren't honest with yourself right at the beginning and all of a sudden, you've lost your freedom. Dude, in all kinds of areas of our lives. Why? Because we will not be honest with ourselves and so we deceive ourselves. The worst kind of deception, friends, is self-deception. So sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves and say, you know what, I know I can't really get away with that. It's about being free to think differently about ourselves. Romans 12, for by the grace given me, by the grace given me, I say to you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. In other words, he says, listen, don't overinflate your importance in the purposes of God, but with sober judgment, recognize that God's gifted you and then use it to do what God's given you. Don't make it all about you. Don't make it all about what you do. See, sometimes it all comes down to whether we have a good gig, doesn't it? It all comes down, well, that didn't go very well for me, so the kingdom of God must have stopped. No, the kingdom of God's fine. You're just having a bad day. Be honest with yourself. Recognize how these things work in our lives. Nothing takes away your freedom faster, knowing that you have put yourself in a situation that you're not really gifted or suited for. Because we wouldn't be honest enough to say, actually, I can't really pull that off. See, this is a practical life lesson. See, I know how the world works. You know, everybody wants to put in CVs for jobs that they can't do. And then when they get interviewed, they're really excited. And then when they get the job, they wish they hadn't. Because all of a sudden, they're living so far above their uh, ability that they just feel totally under pressure. And then what happens is their family life starts to suffer. And then what happens is they start to drink. Come on, friends. We know people like this. Why is it? Because they took it up. My friend, my friend's um, dad. Uh, I'm not going to mention him because he might have to turn up one day. But I remember when he was young, he was driving. He was a biscuit lorry driver. Nothing wrong with that. Great job. But his son told me, you know, my father was a manager in in a high up company, and he spent his life doing all kinds of things under incredible pressure, and decided one day, you know what? This isn't what I'm gifted to do. This isn't what I want to do. This isn't what I want to live for. So he quit the job and took a lorry driving job. As happy as a pig in muck. Now, I'm not saying we all have to do that. But what I'm saying is, actually, he was honest with himself about what he did and what he could do. And it was the, it was the, uh, the catalyst for him to be free to be himself. Brave thing to do, wasn't it? People didn't understand. Oh, And people then look at you, don't they, as if to say, oh, because in our professional world, if you do that, you must be, oh, he's overwhelmed. No, friends, he's honest enough to say, actually, you know what, I don't like this. See, something about us wants to put expectations on other people. Listen, friends, be yourself. Honestly, you will never, you know, we've got 80 or, they say 90 years now, don't they, but I don't know, 80 years on earth, enjoy them. 
Friends, be honest with yourself. If you're not enjoying your life doing what you're doing, do something else. That is not a thus saith the Lord. That is Dave thinks that's sensible. I think the Lord does as well, but actually, I'm just trying to say to you, you know, sometimes, friends, we put ourselves in situations where we're so under pressure, and it's like, oh, God, help me. Help yourself. Be honest with yourself. Friends, it's weird, isn't it? I don't preach this stuff often enough, but, you know, I I think people have got common sense, but actually, you know what, I'm beginning to doubt that. Because we get carried away with the, 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 the values of society. And, you know, truthfully, when we, we wonder why we're not free. Listen, young people, young couples. Some of us, we're mortgaged up to the hilt. We're working every hour God can send just to stand still to have the next thing that we need. Be honest with yourself. Do you want to live like that for the next 40 years? Or can you make a change that can set you free? It's true, isn't it? It's not popular, but it's true. Because the big myth of today is that we can have it all, friends. We can have it all. And the truth is, from where I'm seeing, very few people have it all. Most people are living with a pressure that they can't be free in. And so you have to say, you know what, I'm going to take personal responsibility in this. The Bible says we should learn to be humble about how we think about ourselves and the life that God has given us. 1 Peter, clothe yourself with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Wow. Was it C.S. Lewis who said something like this? I'm trying to make it up as I go along. Remember it. He said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is thinking about yourself less. Great quote. Humility is not being, hey, I haven't had my rights. Humility is saying, how am, I, how am I showing Jesus in this situation? It's being honest with yourself. It's about taking hold of the purposes of God. And it's that kind of honesty that brings freedom, friends. Isn't it great we can just decide, actually, this is who I am. I don't have to be anybody else. Third, Be satisfied with doing your best. Be satisfied with doing your best. Galatians 6, 4 and 5. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Wow, what an amazing verse. Paul gets right to the heart of freedom. See, freedom is being able to say, I've done the best that I could. That's okay. See, see, somewhere in our mind, we, we, we compare ourselves. And this is back to this judgmental attitude. See, when you're not free, what you do is when you do something, you need somebody uh, to look at to make sure you did it better than them. Hello? That, that's lacking freedom, friends. See, that's being able to say, well, you know, at least I didn't do that. At least I don't look like them. At least I didn't make that mistake. And it's this comparison spirit that's so rife in our world from every aspect of our world. We're just captured to it. And Paul says, listen, be satisfied with your best. If your best is that. When Jesus gave the, uh, the, uh, the parable of the talents, he talked about, have you ever thought this? Uh, and to one he gave five, and to one he gave two, and to one he gave one talent. And instantly I'm like, well, that's not fair. 
See, we want to we have this kind of a... Why didn't they all get five talents, Lord? Surely that is the way in the kingdom of God. Actually, it's not. And so he gave them five and he gave them two and he gave them one. And actually what happened was the one who got five said, great, I can do something with this. And he went out and put it to work and made a profit on it and took five more and brought them back to the guy. He said, here they are. Well done, good and faithful servant. The one who had two said, great, I can do something with that. See, what he said was, I've been given two. I'm going to use it to the best of my ability. The one who had been given one talent went, I'm going to got one. How come he got five? I haven't got much to play with. I'm not going to do anything with it. If I just bury it, then I can give it back to him and everybody will be happy. He compared himself to everybody else and said, I, I can't do what they do. So he buried it. And then he brought it back to, the servant, uh, to his master. And the master said, you wicked, lazy servant. <laughs> None of us like those words, do we? <laughs> you wicked, lazy servant. You should have done something with this. But actually, you chose to do nothing with it. Why? Because you were afraid that your best wouldn't be good enough. He said, even if you put it on investment with the bankers, we would have got something. You should have done what your best. See, so, so often, the thing of comparison stops people from trying anything. Because they compare themselves with others. And friends, it's a curse. I think it's a curse in our world. How we, how we judge other people. And so we judge. What we should judge on is, is it says each one should test his own action. Did you do your best with what you had for the kingdom of God? See, that's the standard, isn't it? It's not whether you did what I do or what Rob does or what anybody else does. It's, it's what you do with what God gave you. It's all that matters. And if you're going to be free, you must be free of what other people do. You know, um, Dom uh, and uh, Cologne City Church, they've just moved into their new 500-seater auditorium this morning, first service. Isn't that great? I hate him. He's only only been a minister five minutes. See, friends, that's how it works, isn't it? Well, I'm really pleased for him. <laughs> Come on. We all know what it's like, isn't it? Because we think to ourselves, well, you know, I've been slaving here. And it has been slaving, trust me. 15 years. And Lord, you couldn't even give me a party. He's there for five minutes. He's got his flash cinema. His cinema screen is bigger than that wall. I hate him. <laughs> Why? Friends, I'm only joking, okay? Unless anybody's going to go out thinking, oh, the pastor's really upset this morning. Okay. See, isn't it fantastic? Why? Because I'm free to say, come on, Dom, fly, man. Wouldn't it be great if Dom was a church of a thousand in two years' time? I can't believe it. From humble beginnings, the Lord's blessed him. Friends, we're free. I don't have to worry about what he does. I just have to do what God told me to do. And somehow we live in comparison with everybody else. Oh, I'm not as good as them. I'm not as great as them. I'm not. Friends, that's a lie. And it will keep you captive for the rest of your life unless you start to be honest and say, Lord, this is who I am. I'll use what I have for your glory. That's all that matters. And so somehow we get ourselves into a tizzy about, oh, well, you know, I'm not quite as good looking as that person or I'm not quite as cool as them or I'm not quite as like. You know what, friends? It doesn't matter. What matters is actually that you test your own heart and you say, you know what, I did that for the Lord. It's okay. 
I did that to be a blessing. It's okay. I'm going to bless people around me with the grace of God. If we don't deal with the comparison issue, then we will be enslaved. Because here's the deal, friends. There'll always be someone who does it better than you. Have you noticed? There's always a better businessman, a better builder, better hairdresser, better singer, better engineer, better computer IT board, can better insurance man, can better nurse. There's always someone who gets the better thing, isn't there? And if we don't deal with the comparison issue, then we become, we, we, we lack the freedom to be ourselves. But when we can just be ourselves and say, you know what, I did that and I did it with my whole heart, I'm satisfied with that. Then actually we're free to enjoy the gifting that God has given us to do. If I spend my life worrying, you know, Keith will be here next week, Keith Warrington. I mean, he's a treat, doesn't he? When you listen to Keith Warrington, he'll sit here with no notes and he'll talk for four hours and he'll just unpack. That's not next Sunday morning, by the way. Um, And he'll unpack the Bible in a way that everybody will just go, wow. If, if, If I wasn't free to be me, I wouldn't turn up the next day, would you? I'd be like, oh, I've got three points and a couple of jokes. But you know what? You know what, friends? I know what God's put in my heart. I know what God's gifted me to say and to be. I know who I am in Christ. I don't have to compare myself to Keith. He doesn't have to compare himself to me. Isn't he lucky? <laughs> We're free to be ourselves. Why? Because the grace of God is on us. And I can be satisfied with being me. What a freedom. What a freedom that gives me. I don't have to live up to the comparison of everybody else. I don't have to be. I've got friends in the ministry who are just the cleverest, deepest theological people in the world. And I go and talk to them and after half an hour I just start switch off in my head. Because they're using words I don't understand. I just say, that's nice. Should we go for lunch now? <laughs> that's a word I do understand. Do you know what I mean? Why? Because I'm, not gonna, I'm gonna be satisfied with what I can do. Friends, the issue is not what I do. The issue is have I done it to the best of my ability to serve and honor God? The Bible says, whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for God's glory. It's not about what it produces. You see, Jesus says that the seed will produce a harvest 30, 60, or 100 times. He decides what the harvest is, friends. We decide how we're gonna de- use the seed. How we're gonna respond to it. What we do with it for the glory of God. Be satisfied with what God gives you. The Bible says if your gift is prophesying, prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is leading, do it diligently. If it is showing mercy, do it cheerfully. <laughs> That's a word, isn't it? For showing mercy, do it cheerfully. Well, I suppose I have to let you off then, do I? Do it cheerfully, graciously, gently. And then finally, if you're going to be free, the Bible says be persistent in doing good. If you're going to be free, you've got to decide that you're going to use your life to do good for God and for other people. That's got to be the thing that actually drives and motivates you as you seek to live for the Lord. Do not be deceived. Again, here it comes, second time in the passage. See, it's interesting, isn't it? He's saying to us, don't get your thinking about these issues wrong. Don't pretend that this doesn't really make a difference to how you live, because it does. Don't be deceived. It says, don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. He says, listen, freedom 
is, is, is about having the ability to take the right actions that please other people. It's about to say, I will seek to do good for God and for the kingdom of God with my life. Freedom comes from uh, saying, there are things that I will not do any longer because they destroy my life. See, that, that's the truth. We can't expect to stay free if we just do things that destroy our lives. Friends, if you're going to follow Christ, there are things that you will have to leave behind. That's freedom. That's making a choice. See, you, the Bible says clearly you can't follow Jesus and live like that. And sometimes we wish it just said, oh, you can do all those things and it doesn't really matter. But actually it affects you. Because when you lose your freedom, then you lose the heart for following Christ. It becomes religion. And so the Bible says, listen, there are, you've got a choice about how you live. You've got to decide, you know what, I'm going to do good with my life. That's the choice I'm making. I'm going to do good. I'm going to respond to people in a way that's different. I'm going to respond to people out of the Spirit. If you sow lust, greed, hatred, division, judgment, then these things will come back to you. Have you ever noticed it, friends? If you watch the wrong thing, if you speak the wrong thing, if you think the wrong thing, it comes back and it increases in your life. Hello. And all of a sudden it becomes negative. And all of a sudden, instead of being in freedom, you feel entrapped. And why is it? Because you haven't given. You see, it's back to this. If you don't give your life to doing good, then actually your life will default to being selfish and doing the stuff that's not helpful. Come on, we know that, don't we? And so we've got to live our lives to do good, to be persistent in it. It says in Galatians 6 verse 9, Let us not become weary in doing good, for the proper time we will reap a harvest, even if we do not give up. Let us not become weary. What does that mean, friends? It, become, it means that weariness is part of life. It means that we're all challenged by the stuff that goes on in life. We're all going to be overwhelmed by it. We need to recognize it. We need to see, okay, I'm tired. You know, have you ever found, have you ever made this excuse? Um, oh, don't worry about me. I'm just having a bad day. Just me, huh? When you know you've said something that really you shouldn't have said, but you're excusing yourself now because you're just tired and grumpy. And I understand that. You know, I'm not giving anybody a hard time about that because I do that as well. But what I'm saying is, somewhere in the middle of that, we have to decide, even though I'm tired and grumpy, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm not going to allow my weariness to make me do what I know is not good for my freedom. See, I, 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 you know, honestly, church, sometimes I think we just want God to zap us and make us all proper. Anybody, anybody get that feeling? You know, if I, could, if I could say, okay, everybody line up. Everybody who wants to be perfect by the end of this morning, just line up here. And we'll, I'll anoint you for that. And anybody who wants to work it out themselves, uh, you stand up here and I'll anoint you for that. Which, which cue would be the biggest? Do you know what I mean? But the truth is, the only cue that we get, friends, is let's work it out ourselves with God. Now, we can be strengthened by the Holy Spirit, and we can be equipped by him, and we can be envisioned by him and empowered by him, but at the end of the day, you still have to do the right thing. You still have to choose. You have to say, you know what, Lord, I trust your grace in me to do what you've called me to do. Hebrews 10, 36, you need to persevere, so when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. You know, in the letters of, the letters of Jesus to the churches in Revelation... The resounding theme in all of them is you need to persevere. You need to keep doing the right thing. 
You need to stand for what I've called you to stand for. Christianity is fundamentally a process of following Jesus the whole of our lives. And there are moments in our lives that equip us and restore us and set us free. And we have incredible moments with God. But the truth is the moments aren't enough. It's the process that makes a difference. Lord, I'm going to live free. And I wanted to speak on this because truthfully, I've spent too many, too many hours of my life, and I'm happy to spend them, but truthfully, I've spent too many hours of my life trying to get people to free themselves. To free themselves. From chains which if only they would do this, they wouldn't be in. Let me remind you of them. Be merciful to those who make mistakes. Be free to love others. Be honest with yourself. Be free to think differently. Be satisfied with doing your best. Be free just to be who God has made you to be. Be persistent in doing good. Be free to act for those around you and for the kingdom of God. Friends, I think if we do those things, they'll help us to live freely in the purposes of God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your presence this morning. Lord, during our worship time, Lord, as we sang those songs of triumph, Lord, and adoration to you, Lord, we could just, Lord, understand and know, Lord, the presence of your Spirit among us, the presence of your Spirit in us, Lord, speaking to us, reassuring us, ministering to us, strengthening us, reminding us of your promise to us, Lord. We just know, Lord, that you've been among us, Lord. Lord, we are the people of your spirit. And Lord, in your word, as we've listened to it, Lord, we've heard, Lord, this amazing truth, Lord, that you've made us free to be ourselves. Lord, help us, Lord, to, Lord, live in the wonder of that freedom. Help us, Lord, to work at it, Lord. Lord, it sounds paradoxical, Lord, but we we know, Lord, that's true. We work to stay free. Lord, help us, Lord, to... Enjoy the freedom we have and to extend that to those around us, Lord. Lord, even when it's hard, even, Lord, when it's difficult, even though we don't particularly feel like it, Lord, even when we're feeling a bit insecure about ourselves, Lord, help us to recognize, Lord, that, Lord, you've made us just as we are and you love us just as we are. We don't have to change to earn your love, Lord. We don't have to be different people, Lord, to be loved by you. Lord, to please you, Lord. We just have to be who you've made us to be. Help us, Lord, to hear your word this morning and to apply it to our lives. Help us with one another, Lord. Lord, to set others free. Lord, not to put them in slavery. Lord, through how we treat them. Lord, that your kingdom might come, Lord, in this place. Lord, in this city, Lord. Lord, that freedom would be the result, Father. That people's lives would be free. Lord, from judgmentalism, Lord, from criticism. Lord, and and that when that stuff happens, Lord, we would find ourselves, Lord, wanting to extend grace and mercy, Lord, into people's lives. Lord, I pray for anybody here this morning, Lord, who's not yet free in Christ. I pray, God, that they would come, Lord, to understand your love for them and your great desire, Lord, Lord, that they won't be free in you, free from the guilt of their sin, And free, Lord, to live in the hope of eternal life. So I bless your people this morning. Lord, I bless them, Lord, as they live for you today. 
Lord, I, 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 Lord, speak, Lord, the fellowship of the Spirit and the love of God, Lord, over our lives as we live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Great to be together, church, this morning.